you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I'm going to try and report this with as little dramatic flair as possible because It seems like people sometimes get carried away with the storytelling when reporting something like this, and I want to avoid that if I can. So this happened a long time ago, and not even in America, but for the first time the other day I was discussing it, and suddenly realized that it actually involves three of the major factors associated with a lot of the missing 411 cases. A body of water, a dog behaving extremely unusually, and large amounts of granite. So, I was in my mid-teens at the time, and due to the unusual circumstances, my dad had woken me up in the middle of the night to walk the dog with him and have a chat. It was around two in the morning. It was a full moon and a very bright night with great visibility. The skies were clear and we were walking on a granite hill, an extinct volcano in fact, that has a valley in the middle with a sort of small lake in it. We had walked around the lake before starting up the side of the valley towards the ridge with the dog on a leash. As we began to approach the top of the slope, the dog stopped dead and point blank refused to come any further in the direction that we were walking. What I mean too is that he was literally a dead weight on the leash and we would have had to have literally bodily dragged him to move him even an inch further forward. We realized that he had tucked his tail between his legs, was visibly shaking and was in a curled crouch making himself as small as possible. He was also entirely fixated on something ahead of us that we hadn't actually noticed or paid attention to beforehand. It appeared to be a straight black line emerging vertically from the ground. 
I remember thinking at first that it was a plastic tube that used to protect vulnerable saplings from deer because in the first moments we became aware of it, there were no discernible features whatsoever other than a sort of black vertical bar. But as we watched, the straight black bar unfurled into the crude shape of a humanoid, I estimate to have been around 8 feet tall. Unfurled is the best term that I can think of to describe this process, but if you've ever seen a butterfly emerge from a sort of chrysalis, it was something like that. The figure though was entirely jet black, but there were no visible features or contrast within it to any degree, despite the bright moonlight, and black doesn't cover just how dark this thing actually was. It was what I imagine a black hole might look like, and although the figure itself wasn't remotely transparent or unsubstantial, the outline was slightly fuzzy or blurred, almost like something that's vibrating extremely quickly or a washing machine on a high spin cycle or something. Also, it did not have human proportions. It was almost like a child's drawing of a stick man, but with disproportionately long arms and legs. If you're imagining something like a stick insect made out of the material Vanta Black in the rough shape of a person, then you're pretty close to the mark. The head was unusually small though, and I remember the top of the head being somewhat flat, although my dad doesn't. In every other respect, our recollections of the event are identical though, which is what tells me that I'm not crazy. This all happened within probably under a minute, and then it turned and faced us. I'm not going to give it a melodramatic description, and in fact, words can't really do it justice, but although it lacked any features whatsoever that might be identified as eyes or a face, you could feel this thing's attention on you. Instantly, too, every hair on my body stood erect, and I broke out in goosebumps. I turned to my dad and said, Dad, what is that thing? He's one of the most skeptical and level-headed people that I know, so what really freaked me out was that his answer was just, I don't know, but we need to get out of here right now. And as a young man being able to detect genuine fear in my dad's voice, that itself was quite unsettling. We immediately began to walk sideways away from the figure so as to not entirely turn our backs on it, and the minute that we began moving away... It was like a spell was broken on the dog who began literally dragging us, but then the figure followed us for more than five minutes, maintaining the same distance at all times. It walked with large, slow, deliberate strides, and I remember its arms swung in long arcs as it moved. At no point did it show any sign of aggression, mind you. It just simply followed, maintaining the same distance from us the entire time. It was perfectly and completely silent. There wasn't a sound when it was following us, which was really weird. We were in a highly adrenalized state during this pursuit, and the atmosphere was extremely tense. But we exchanged very few words other than whispers like, is it still following us and don't look at it. It never even crossed our minds to run, which in hindsight seems unusual given that neither of us even entertained the possibility that this was just another person out for a walk. In the moment, we both just had an almost literally overwhelming sense of wrongness about the situation, I think. But after about five minutes, I stopped. 
I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, this is completely insane. What is going on? What is that thing? And when we stopped, it stopped. And again, just turned to stand facing us straight on. Because of the total lack of features though, it may as well have been facing directly away from us, but like I say, there was a definite physical sense of when this thing's awareness was focused on you. We stood in total silence. The dog continued trying to drag us away. It stood motionless for a minute or two and then, as we watched, it turned, sank down into the solid ground and just disappeared. Immediately it felt like some sort of a charge in the air had dissipated and we began power walking back to the car. When we got back we were still buzzing with adrenaline obviously and woke everyone up to tell them what we'd seen. And that's the story. I can't really add anything else that wouldn't just be well dramatic flourishes for storytelling purposes. The dog's behavior was extremely uncharacteristic of him if we had encountered another person under the same circumstances, there's not a doubt in my mind that he would have been barking and straining on his leash to approach them rather than get away like that. That's partly why he was on a lead too, but also because he was a rescue and very prone to chasing animals and disappearing for like 20 minutes or so. Needless to say though, we were both quite shaken as neither of us could really come up with any plausible rationale for what we'd experienced. Occasionally over the years, people have suggested that it was a broken specter where our own shadows were being cast by the moon on a fog bank or low cloud, but I just cannot accept that explanation. There just wasn't any fog or clouds present and visibility was excellent due to both clear air and the bright moonlight. And honestly, I have no real theories about what we saw, not as my dad. Although I still consider myself to be a naturally skeptical person, this definitely completely shattered my ability to dismiss other people's stories of high strangeness and wild theories, even those that at face value seem absurd. I can hardly laugh in someone's face when they say that they think Bigfoot is real but comes from another dimension, for example, or that something otherworldly is taking people in the wilderness. Although, obviously, I have no reason to believe this was Bigfoot and the incident occurred in Scotland of all places. Years after the fact, though, and years ago now, I found a thread on a bushcraft forum where people were discussing spooky experiences in the outdoors. And to my amazement, there was actually a hunter who reported seeing the exact same thing crossing a clearing in the woods from a hunting hide during a, a full moon in America. I don't have a link because this was a long time ago, but they reported identical details. The small head, the long arms that moved in sort of pendulous arcs when it walked, the slow deliberate stride, the total blackness and lack of features, and even the fuzzy outline that they described in exactly the same way, as if it was vibrating. Obviously, you can make of this what you will. I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything, and I'm not married to any particular theory about what we saw. I just thought that it was worth sharing here. But before I finish, I want to briefly touch on two of the more obvious explanations for what we experienced and why I struggled to accept them, but first, because it's relevant to one of them, let me mention that there are at least some caves on this hill and that they've been associated with spooky stuff before, 
although I didn't know this at the time. In 1836, a group of schoolboys found a small entrance to a previously unknown cave on the hill near where this occurred that contained 17 miniature coffins containing what we would describe today as voodoo dolls, and some of them are still on display in the Scottish National Museum today. But anyway, now for the rational explanations. So the first one is that we were hallucinating. The problem with this is that the dog's strange behavior was caused by something unrelated, but in the familiar environment and the dark that we entered, some kind of adrenalized state where our minds project a tangible threat onto an unexpected object, possibly actually one of those tubes used to protect trees I mentioned earlier, and we both hallucinated the same thing. I don't know. I find this hard to accept because of the specific details that we both recalled afterwards. Long arms, small head, vibrating outline, slow deliberate stride, swinging arms, strong sense of when its attention was focused on us. And all of this despite not actually talking about what we were seeing at the time. And also that the dog was very clearly focused on the same thing as we were and absolutely terrified. The second is that it was exactly what it appeared to be a very unusually tall black-skinned individual, emaciated to the verge of death that was vibrating. In this scenario, they would have emerged from a hole in the ground, remember the cave, and perhaps were shivering from the cold. It is Scotland after all. They then followed us in silence before descending back underground via another hole. And you know what? I can almost accept this and that due to the adrenaline our brains interpreted as being more dramatically strange than it actually was. The problem with this theory is that it would still be really, really weird, right? But it does bring us back into the tangible world of things, I suppose, that actually exist, because although Scotland is something like 98% white, there are still thousands of Scottish people with black skin, and it's possible some of them are very tall, I suppose. I guess the only thing that's worth maybe adding to this is that this event seemed to flick some switch in my head that made me no longer remotely afraid of the dark under any circumstances. You'd think that it would have gone the other way, and I'm not LARPing as a vampire or some possessed creature of the night or anything, but I worked in a bakery at the time and walked to work along a river in the deep valley in the middle of the night. Sometimes it was pitch black to the extent that you would have to feel your way ahead with your hands, and... I'm not ashamed to admit that sometimes I get a bit spooked, especially when a fox suddenly screamed right next to you. But after this event, just never again. I can walk through the deepest, darkest forest, abandoned building or mine in complete darkness without feeling even the slightest trepidation since this incident. And I don't really know why, but it's to the extent that people have commented on it. I don't know how you can do that sort of thing. Now, not being afraid of the dark is hardly a superpower, but for me it was always a markedly less intimidating experience after this encounter, and I really can't rationalize why, because it seems like it would make so much more sense for it to have instilled a fear of the dark rather than removed it. Anyway, that's really all I have to say, and in the unlikely event that you've seen the same thing, then please do let me know because I really want to try and figure this out. If anyone has any questions, I'm really happy to answer, but I don't think I've left anything relevant out really, so perhaps this is it. In any case, 
Thanks for listening, and here's hoping that this doesn't happen again. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I was on a job where I had to drive site to site and do small upgrades to the shelving at every CVS pharmacy in California. I'm about a month into the contract and I've got over a hundred mile drive through the Redwoods to my next location. As I'm driving, I notice that I have a smell, a slight funk on myself. If I can smell it too, it will be a hundred times worse to the client which means that I'll need to figure out how to get to a shower and change clothes before arriving at the next location. I'm about 40 miles deep on this isolated stretch of highway through the Red Woods when I see a sign for a camp at the next exit. I take the turn off to see if they have a shower. I pull into this really small camp that was about 15 spots all tied together in a circle. It's an awful camp, but it's deserted and they have a shower. Perfect. I grab a towel and a change of clothes and I head to the bath building. As I approach, I can hear water running and I get to the building and there's someone in one of the stalls taking a shower. This is really weird. I mean, the camp is deserted, no cars, no tents. It's the middle of winter and we're miles and miles from civilization. So who in the world could be in there? It's got to be a pot farmer, right? Maybe a homeless dude? Are there meth labs in the Redwoods? I'm not quite spooked by it, but my instincts are telling me that this is very weird. I decide to go ahead and use one of the showers a few stalls down from him. I'm comforted that the doors are thick metal with a big strong bolt lock. The shower runs on quarters. Nice California. I take off my clothes and I slide some quarters into the slot and the water immediately turns on. A second later, 
I hear whoever this person is just yell out weird sounds and profanities. And I must have stolen his hot water or something. I feel awful, but I can't shut it off now. The water instantly runs when the quarters go in. and Nothing I can do, so uneasily I step under the water wondering what's going through the other guy's head. I don't have to wait long to find out though. I'm about maybe a minute into my shower when there's a huge bang. There's a smash against my metal shower door followed by him screaming and then more banging. This dude is trying to kick down my door at this point. I'm petrified. I get out of the shower and I stand by the door dripping wet, naked with my fists up in case he gets in. And it's hard to put into words just how uncomfortable I felt about the concept of fighting naked. I kept thinking to myself that I should try to put my pants on real quick but just couldn't bring myself to do it because if the door gave while my pants were around my ankles I would get absolutely destroyed. I also thought about the implications of fighting someone miles and miles from the next human being. I mean what are the stakes right? I've been in more than a handful of bar fights and even enjoyed boxing with my friends but there was never any real danger. If someone was getting hurt everyone breaks it up. Is this guy going to stop fighting if he wins? Is this to the death in my mind? I'm so scared that I'm near panicking now, but I try to control my breathing and give myself the best possible chance at coming out of this. After what felt like an eternity of him trying to get in, even though it was probably only a minute or two, he stops screaming and banging and I call out to him. Hey, man, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'll give you some more quarters, okay? There's no answer. I wait a few more minutes and finally relax a little. He must have got his wits about him. I resume my shower thinking about how weird this is and wondering if he'll be waiting for me. But then I remembered my truck. I've got a few grand worth of tools in there. I literally can't afford to lose them. And I'm sure that he's in it now. So soaking wet, I jump out of the shower, throw on my pants, slam open my stall door and go running out towards my vehicle. As I turn the corner of the building towards the parking area at full sprint, man, am I so relieved to see that he's nowhere around. Which means that he must have slinked back to wherever he hides out there in the wilderness. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I currently work at a restaurant somewhere in the Midwest. Obviously, I can't say what restaurant, but it's on a pretty busy road with lots of cars and lots of people walking on the road to get to the bus stop or whatever their destination may be. It's got its own parking lot where I usually will park closer to the doors, but the story I'm about to tell is the one time that I didn't. That night, I sincerely regret my actions. So, to give some backstory, a couple of years ago, I just so happened to work at the sports bar and grill directly across the parking lot from my current job. I worked there for just four months, and I have plenty of interesting stories about that place, but that's for another time. Anyways, while I worked at my previous job, I didn't have a car, so I either walked to and from work or I got a ride. Now mind you, I would walk home at around 10 some nights on a barely lit road when cars weren't always around. This naturally made me feel wary and this was on the top of the fact that older men would constantly hit on me as a minor and make me feel watched. And this backstory of my old job might not seem that important at the moment and I didn't think it would ever become relevant again but it matters in the end, I promise. While working at my old job, I was a minor, as previously stated, but that never stopped drunken men from approaching me and being inappropriate. There was one man in particular who I never forgot about, and who came back to haunt me in just the worst way. The man was taller, quite good looking, and always wore expensive looking clothing and accessories. He had a very elegant vibe to him, which is why I didn't think much of him when he would talk to me while I was working. He started out very polite in fact. He'd ask about how work was going, how my day was, stuff like that. But as the weeks went on, he would ask more and more personal questions which started making me suspicious of him. But the event that occurred right before I quit was a night that I wish that I could forget when thinking back on my days at that sports bar. I remember it being a, a long night probably because it was a sports season and our restaurant would get very busy around that time and as a hostess it was really stressful trying to take calls when there was shouting because the hockey team was a golden cup or whatnot that night after i had finished cleaning the bathrooms i remember him being at the hostess stand waiting for me i approached him and tried to make polite conversation but i could tell immediately that he was acting strange his gaze was shifty and he didn't look as put together as he normally did. The first thing that he said to me was something along the lines of, you're only 16, right? To which I confirmed, and he continued with something like, well, when you're 18, I'll have something for you. It'll be a surprise. Just wait till you're 18. And he promptly left the bar section of the grill. I stood there shocked for a moment before composing myself and finishing my cleaning so I could just get the heck out of there. After I finished counting my drawdown, I went out back and unlocked the bike that I'd gotten a month or so after I'd started working there and began to ride home. Note that I was paranoid as heck as I was doing this because seriously, who says something like that to an underage girl? I watched my back all night as I rode home and felt watched the entire time. It was kind of my fault that he knew my age. I had told him a long time ago as I mentioned something about birthday plans I think. But his comment on my age just made me feel sick to my stomach regardless. 
Now, let's jump to more recently when I started my new job just across the parking lot. It's been years since I've worked there and I had just about let go of the memories of working in that terrible place. But something happened recently that made the memories just feel like yesterday. You see, the stimulus checks and nice weather have brought a surge of customers to my current restaurant. I've worked here for almost a year now and we've been busier in the past month than we have since I even first started. This means that occasionally I don't get to park right by the doors and I must park a bit further away. On this particular day, that still makes me feel nervous thinking about, I had to park basically at the farthest corner of a sort of lot due to a large amount of staff and customers taking the closer spots. That day, I thought nothing of it as I went in for my closing shift and worked a long and stressful shift until about 10pm. I work at the front of the restaurant and our closing duties can be pretty grueling. So that night was especially bad because I was the only one up front beside the manager who has to go back and forth between the kitchen and the front to help. So I finished all of my cleaning, albeit a bit later than usual, and felt bad for taking so long but they weren't too upset because a co-worker of mine was waiting on a ride so they had to wait anyways. So with that, I say my goodbyes to the two of them and head out the back doors to my car. I immediately was irritated that I had to walk so far to get to my car and I started digging for my keys. And somewhere in all of that, I didn't realize that there was a third car in our parking lot until it was almost too late in fact. I finally grabbed my keys after a moment of struggling to find them and realized that the third car is in fact not my manager and... It was also parked right next to mine, although it did look similar, which is why I didn't think much of it at first, being exhausted from work and all. Upon getting closer, I realized that there's a person inside. So I remember thinking, is my co-worker's ride here or something? But no one came out to go home, so I assumed not. I looked back closer to the restaurant and realized that the front of the building, where I couldn't see before as I left out the back, my manager's car was sitting empty right up front. All of these thoughts were beginning to piece together as I slowly trailed to my car and after connecting the dots I tried to see who was in the car waiting for me. I remember squinting at them, I didn't have my glasses on and that's probably what made them realize that I'd actually noticed them and with that they turned on their car. Immediately I looked away because the car lights were way too bright and when I tried to look back again the cabin light was turned on and I stopped dead in my tracks as if paralyzed. Even sharing this makes me feel terrible but the expression that this man was wearing invoked so much fear that I think my heart quite literally skipped a beat. The man's features were a bit blurry with the distance and darkness but... I could tell that he knew me from somewhere with that little overhead light illuminating his face. But truly, it was the lack of facial expression is what really made me scared. Because I figured that he would smile, frown, wave, or something. Anything. But instead, he sat there, arms at his sides as he waited for me to edge closer. Now, as a young woman, I should know better than to ignore my instincts telling me to get out of that situation, but for a split second, I almost felt compelled to continue towards my car. I can't explain why, but 
I distinctly recall taking one step forwards before pausing, asking myself, what am I doing? And then hightailing it back to the back door. I felt like I was prey about to be eaten, but the way that I sensed this overwhelming presence behind me. The whole time I debated going back and then running to safety, and he just sat right in his seat and didn't even seem to move an inch. Or so I assume, as I didn't look back too much until I actually reached the door. I did glance back at his car for a split second before dashing inside, and all I remember seeing was his cabin light had turned off and I could only see a dark figure now, the menacing light no longer illuminating his face. I didn't need to see his face though to know that he was still staring and I could just feel his beady eyes staring right at me. Well, after scaring the heck out of my co-workers by yanking open the back door as I did, I explained what happened. They both got immediately serious and told me to wait with them while they waited for my other co-workers ride. But we sat for a few minutes and they talked about how freaky the situation was and how they would call the cops if he was still there when we went outside together. But I just sat in silence. I was silent because in the few minutes after the encounter with this strange person, I knew that I recognized him from somewhere. In fact, I knew that he was that same guy who had told me to wait for him when I turned 18. It took me a while because he didn't look like he used to. He looked much more bedraggled, a bit older and much, much scarier now. I don't know if he saw me that day as I brought out the trash or maybe when I walked into work or something, but he knew that I was there somehow and that thought terrified me. When their ride finally arrived, we all walked out together and my eyes instantly shot to the area where I knew his car was parked. It was just my car though now, waiting for me to climb inside and get home ASAP. The manager saw my co-worker off into their parents' car and walked me to mine. She helped me to check under my car and inside as apparently she had dealt with a stalker before and knew all of the tricks to stay safe and I thanked her profusely, got in, locking my doors right away. I watched her as she walked to her car and started to leave the lot. I looked frantically to see if I could spot his car anywhere in the shopping area that connected with our parking lots, but in the end I found nothing. I live close by my work, so I took a long way home that night, fearing that he was waiting for me to go home and do something sinister. Needless to say, I didn't sleep well that night as I kept thinking that he was in the darkest corner of my room with that hollow expression on his face. I considered making a police report, but seeing as the police tend to be pretty useless in scenarios like this, and I literally only had a first name, which also could have been fake, I decided against it. In the weeks since then, I haven't seen him or heard from him. I still think about him every time that I leave the building, half expecting him to be either standing outside ready to snatch me or parked right next to my car. I always leave with my co-workers now though as my parents insisted that I begin doing that after I told them about what happened. To this day I still wonder why he remembered that I was 18, almost 19 now, but he didn't know exactly when my birthday was, surely not. Although he did show up around when I was 18, but I had almost completely forgotten about him. 
I hoped that I never do find out what surprise he had waiting for me, that's for sure. And all in all, I most definitely think that I've earned the right to say that I never want to see this guy ever again. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This happened back in 2019, around November 2nd, I believe. Also, this, I can assure you, is true. Though, not sure if this was just a coincidence or what it was. So, back in 2019, I was pretty much depressed the whole year. Not really to the point where it was too bad, but let's just say that I stopped wearing a seatbelt, smoked two times as many cigarettes as I would have normally, and didn't care much about my well-being for the most part. Due to this, and things getting worse mentally, I did a lot of dumb things, supernatural-wise. I've always known not to speak to the dead, knowing that when you speak to one spirit, the rest can hear you as well. I've always been extremely superstitious and believe in the paranormal, supernatural, 100%. But anyway, I live next to this huge cemetery and drive by it every day since it's right across from my neighborhood. Due to my superstitions and believing that the dead can do things us humans aren't capable of, each day I would scream out of the window when passing the cemetery, begging for one of the spirits to get me in a car accident. This habit started on November 2nd, I believe, so... I did that each day while driving past the cemetery. And lo and behold, November 6th, I was driving to work at about 4.30 in the morning. I go the same way every day and was coming up to a red light. When out of nowhere, and I kid you not, this was literally out of nowhere, I heard a loud honk from behind me and was rear-ended by one of those big white RG&E trucks that fix telephone poles and stuff. Since I was at the red light, it basically pushed my car forward into the middle of the intersection. And once again out of nowhere, I was T-boned by some random old dude in a van with his wife. I was driving an 05 Nissan Sentra at the time and it was completely wrecked. Literally demolished and I had not one scratch on me at all. My knees were extremely bruised. I have no idea how that happened but that was pretty much it. This also happened literally on the main road coming out of my neighborhood, about a mile down from that cemetery. There are never, and I mean never, any cars this early in the morning. There may be one every now and then, but even that is rare for the most part. Also, while I was talking to the old man, they lived in a town literally 40 minutes away and were driving to the park. But the whole story is just so weird, and it honestly kind of creeps me out, but... Yeah, I was in an extremely bad financial situation, so I was stuck without a car for quite some time. When I was driving by the cemetery begging to be in an accident, I meant that I sort of, well, wanted it to end. So I think whichever spirit heard me or whatever wanted to mess with me or something, I don't know, take it as you will. Maybe this was an extremely weird coincidence, but if not, 
Always remember to be careful what you wish for. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.